hello, I am your host, Karen Doyle, and welcome to The Genius Podcast. The Genius Podcast is part of a much bigger initiative for Catholic women called The Genius Project. The heart of The Genius Project is dedicated to equipping and supporting women of all ages and stages of life to discover what it is that God has placed within their hearts to do, giving them the permission to follow that God whisper and dream, and then equipping them with the knowledge and practical skills to make it happen. Over the years, I've often been approached by women seeking advice and mentoring. They want to know how I did what I did and how they could discover what their gifts were. And once they discovered them, how they could use them in a way that brought life and was abundant. They wanted to know how to live their calling. If you are looking to discover what it is that you are called to do with your life, if you have a dream or a passion, but you lack the skills and confidence to take that next step, or you just need some great advice on living your vocation as a Catholic woman, then this podcast is for you. Today's genius guest is Francesca Sequetti, or Frankie, as she's known to those who know her. Frankie and her mother, Rena, form a powerful mother-daughter team and founded Storia Studios, a branding photography and filmmaking business which also offers social media coaching. Together, they share a passion for storytelling. With a background in film photography and studio portraiture, they love to combine their skills to create compelling images which tell a story. In today's episode, Frankie and I will be taking a look at the power of story. We wander around a few topics, from the power of our own story to how we tell a story through creating a brand or in ministry, or even how you can tell a story which frames the culture of your family. We look at how we can bring a Catholic mindset to business and why this matters. And we wrap up by me shooting Frankie four different scenarios of everyday Catholic women seeking to make a difference for her advice, input and wisdom. This conversation with Frankie wanders around a number of topics, topics which we will be deep diving into through the Genius Project in coming months. Topics such as how you can start your own business, how do you take a passion project and turn it into something more, How do you find your unique call and use your gifts and much more? Since the Genius Project launched, I have had countless messages from women asking for advice on these things. So if that's you, stay tuned because in the coming weeks, we will unveil our suite of online courses and membership site just for you. But until then, sit back, relax and enjoy this conversation with Frankie. I came across your Instagram feed and it's called Storia. That's your brand and and Mm. your business. And I just connected with it instantly. I think on many levels, my genius zone and my gifts are in the area of creativity and media and graphic design and business and branding. And so when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is a woman I would love to have a conversation with. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me, Karen. I am just so honored to be here. I started following you after uh, I saw Rachel Ullman posted about the interview and her podcast. And I was just really drawn to the mission and how you want to serve Catholic women and speak to people in a a variety of life stages. So yeah, Yeah. I'm excited. Fantastic. And so one of the things, like I love your brand is Storia. 
And that's Italian for story. And, and so today in our conversation, we're going to unpack this idea of the power of story, like our personal stories, but then also in business. And, and when we tell a story through our brand in business or ministry or whatever it is. But before we jump into it, I'd love you to share a little bit about your journey because it's really, really exciting. I think that uh, for those that don't know, you know, my mother, Rena, is also my business partner. And we started our business back in uh, 2018. Um, we're based in uh, Baltimore, Maryland. I guess that's not really the beginning of the story because that feels very recent. <laughs> um, so I actually like kind of my journey personally because of my mom, you know, my mom is actually, you know, I grew up uh, watching her as an artist. She was a photographer for mostly family and friends. Um, but as as a teenager into even being a college student, I would help her with a lot of her projects and, and vice versa. I studied art in college as well. So she was helping me with my projects. I was helping her with hers. And it just was this natural progression. Like we've actually always kind of worked together unofficially. And, yeah. and so after I graduated college, I was really involved in a campus ministry group. And I actually was a campus minister for four years before okay. being a full-time artist. And I worked at an all- uh, visual arts college in Baltimore called uh, Maryland Institute College of Arts uh, okay. through an organization called InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Yeah. And I loved InterVarsity and I loved being on staff and I, and I thought it was perfect, right? Like, oh, I'm going to work with artists and I'm going to teach them how to share the gospel right. and that's what we do. And I, did, I do think that God called me to that position for a season, but I also realized that slowly I started to get my own clients and I was part-time as a filmmaker. And then slowly, you know, Rena, my mom and I decided to, when I was at a kind of a crossroads to start this business together, because we, we realistically also looked at, you know, our networks and we we're like, we think, we think it's time. And I think we can actually do this. Yeah. That's kind of a little glimpse into our story. And she has a whole story too. But I also think being like multi, you know, from different generations, yes. multi-generational, we bring a unique perspective. So like, where mm -hmm. I may be insecure in something, she is very secure in, yes. you know, and where, you know, maybe she's weak in, I'm strong in. So we like complement each other in that way in our, our experiences in business and how we connect to our clients and, yeah. and the service service we offer. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah. great. Did you always have an interest in business? Like, were you drawn to that? Or is it just something that unfolded uh, gradually? It was more of an unfolding gradually gradually for me because I remember thinking about starting a business a long, long time ago and being like, I can't do that. It's too hard. It's too scary. You know, and I had a lot of excuses because of my own insecurities. And then when I started doing part-time film and photography, you know, someone would be like, do you have a business card? And I was like, oh, I should like get one of those. They're like, do you have a website? Yeah. And they're like, do you have a website? And like, I mean, I could make one. And then like, how much do you charge for this? And I'm like, I guess I could make a price guide. So it was pretty reactive. But yes. uh, as I look back, I think God was like lining certain things up yeah. for me. And so that's not to say that somebody, you know, if you're determined to like start a business and that's your goal, you can totally achieve it. But some, I was very surprised that that is like the path that, that God had for us was actually starting mm -hmm starting a business. And when you take it a step at a time it's, and, and break it down into tangible goals, it's actually like really possible, you know? Yes, it is. Yeah. I remember coming, I remember the moment where I was really attracted to business and we were living shortly after we got married in far North Queensland up in Cairns. And my husband had a motorbike. It was like a Harley copy cruiser. And every Saturday morning we'd jump on that and head up 
this beautiful stretch of coast towards a town called Port Douglas and there were many little beaches and we'd stop off there and have breakfast together. And I remember this warm Saturday morning, you know, the sun was shining across the ocean, blue sky, and we stopped at this cafe at a place called Palm Beach. And Jonathan bought a couple of magazines this day instead of the newspaper and they were business magazines. And we started flipping through Mm. them and I remember something just captivated me just about the business of business. I was really intrigued by it. And it's funny, like you say, it doesn't happen in an instant, but it's a gradual progression. So where God reveals, I guess, the next stage. So I remember reading this stuff on business and, and being really interested in it. And then as we worked together and it unfolded, we decided to set up our own business. And now we set up a number of online businesses and Mm. a couple of other ones from the ground up one of them we've sold and so I'm really excited about this concept of business and especially how we bring our Catholic faith and into Mm. that business world because they're not two separate realities right yes Mm -hmm. yeah and so I Mm. think you know, we, we need Catholic businessmen, we need Catholic businesswomen doing amazing things in that arena and bringing Christ to life and, and showing shining his light in particular areas. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So true. So true. Because yeah. I think also, depending on the industry you're in, you know, God has placed you there. And how, how will he use you in that field? Like, I'm in the arts and, you know, the visual arts. And Well, of course, there are so many, you know, Christian artists, oftentimes, you know, there's there in my circles, there hasn't been that like representation. And so there's opportunities for like evangelism, there's opportunities for spiritual conversations. It's really easy to be like, oh, like I'm a Catholic artist when I'm making like Catholic art, right? Yes. Because like some of our clients are Catholic organizations, but it's like harder to remember that I'm like a Catholic artist on like the tough days when I really need to like lean on God and like mm-hmm. not give in to comparison in the business world or yeah. give in to gossip or, um, you know, just a tough day mentally maybe. And so like, that's also like where we have to like lean on God in business too um, and, and model that for others. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we were just chatting around this as the, before the podcast started about the attitude that you bring to it. And I think it's primarily an attitude of service. And you touched on this, that it's not about building an empire or self-advancement. When we bring a Catholic lens to business or to ministry, whatever it is that we're doing, that lens is through the lens of service. Like, how can I bless? How can I serve these people? As you said, how can I serve this audience with my gifts and my skills? I think that's a really important distinction to make when we're talking about bringing our Catholic faith into this arena. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think, and and we were sharing about this earlier, I think that when you have the attitude of like, I have a gift to give, and if I don't share this gift, like I'm robbing someone of, of what, I can offer. And so you're like putting the audience or putting whoever you're serving with first, you're not making it about you, you know, um, but in the world of social media and things like that, like maybe perhaps, you know, for those listening, like you might be the face of your brand. And so it's a, it's a balance, right? Cause I mean, there have been times when I've made business about me selfishly, but you have to, what's going to anchor you back in those moments? Be like, Oh, what's it all for? And who is it all for? You know? And, and what's my identity and as a, chi- as a child of God, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I posted this um, Instagram post a while back and it talked about, it was a worship 
singer and she was talking about who you're doing it for exactly as you said and she said if you're getting into that numbers game of comparing and counting how many followers and all of that she made the point whose kingdom are you building yours or god's because the chances <laughs> are if you've fallen into that trap of the numbers game you're not building god's kingdom anymore <laughs> you've started yeah. focusing on yourself and i, I think that's I, I, watched that and I thought, wow, that's powerful. And it's really helped me with, I guess, my social media that every time I go onto the social media or post something, I'm like, okay, Lord, just praying about serving the women in that community rather than trying to get likes or trying to grow the numbers. It's really about a service of those women. And I think that's a really important mindset that for anyone who's starting out in ministry or business or I mean, anywhere in life, right, whether it's marriage, parenting, religious life, this is our heart that we're here to make a gift of ourselves to people in love, as John Paul II said. Mm, yes. Oh, my gosh. I, I totally agree. I think we can get really caught up in, like, the the metrics of it all and, and, and specifically with social media. You know, it's just important to remember as you build your business, like like you were saying, like, you have, like, a target audience. Like, who is it for? and like get really specific. And so like, don't measure your success by like, you might get a hundred likes on a post, but like, is that for like your dream customer? Is that for your dream, like podcast viewer or whoever, like, who are you reaching? And so you might find that the more you like narrow down your focus, you know, you actually might get better engagement on like the social media and algorithm level, but also in like real life too, you know, like you are putting out what you want to attract. And then, you know, even when we first started Storia two years ago, our Instagram posts were getting like maybe one or two likes and, and you know what? That's okay. And we got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. And it's like, oh my gosh, instead of being like only two people liked my post, I'm like, oh my gosh, two people like my post, you know? And so just remembering the power of like one, you know, and you're just need to reach like one person at a time. And even if, I don't know, I was just saying this the other day, like 10 people like your post and you're like, oh, that's not a lot. But I think it's a lot because if you put 10 people in a room, that's a lot of people, you know what I mean? Like around a table, like that's actually a lot of people. And like, remember there's like people behind these screens and the more that you can, every time you post or every time you do something for your business, like you said, remembering like, who is it that you are trying to serve, you know? That's right. Yeah. Also asking, you know, how is God asking me to tell my story? to whoever it is it might be over the garden fence to the neighbor but this idea of story and this is what I'd love to move into a little bit Mm -hmm. more is just this personal story and it's incredibly powerful and I think that in our culture today we've really lost the art of storytelling so I remember growing up my I had all these great aunts so my nana my dad's mum, had about six sisters and they were our great aunts and we would go you know to the country to visit them four hours away from where we lived and we'd might go for a weekend and they'd all sit around and they would just tell stories. Mm. And so I grew up knowing, I guess, having a sense of identity within this bigger picture of story. Like, where am I from? What am I attached to? What's the history here of the legacy of family? And it's very powerful, but I find that we don't do that so much anymore. And I'm very Mm. conscious of it with my own children of just telling stories about our childhood during COVID and coming out of COVID, we've had Jonathan, my husband's mum, over for dinner every Thursday night. And it's been really lovely. And he actually Mm. started by 
drawing things out of her. Like, what was your favourite memory growing up? What was the naughtiest thing you did? And the kids were (laughs) captivated. They were hanging on every word. And I thought, gosh, how interesting because we would never think to ask those questions normally. But creating a context where people can tell their story is, is, Mm. is really fantastic. I think everything's too quick, too fast in our culture. Wouldn't you agree? And we, oh we my gosh, yeah, don't get a sense of people's story. And then I also think we don't realize that we have a story to tell. Yes, definitely. I mean, I think that I love what you're saying about we've lost the art of storytelling. I, I love the idea of like you're just sitting around the kitchen table and you're you're sharing story about your family's legacy and asking questions. And honestly, like that's, that's really relatable to me. Um, You know, Storia is Italian for story. Mm -hmm. And we did that because, you know, my mom and I are Italian American and we just like to reflect on our, our heritage. And my mom's kind of become like the ancestry person of our family. And Mm -hmm. so I would just, you know, look at family albums growing up. We would share stories on the kitchen table, even to this day, like my grandma talks about, you know, what it was like, like moving over here from, you know, around the World War II time to, to the States. And so, yeah, if it, if it wasn't for that, like, I think that is what completely has shaped like our, our business. And, yes. and we, we try to do that for others, you know? Everybody has a story to tell. I remember walking with a girl once and because I do a fair bit of speaking, she was saying she wanted to speak and, and speak to, you know, young people about their value, but she just didn't feel that she had a story to tell. And I often hear that from people where they say, I don't think I have anything to say, but everybody has a story. So what would be your, I guess, advice in terms of people tapping into their story? Like where would people start? Because I I think whether or not you're on a stage, whether it's over the back fence, whether or not it's creating film, we all have a story to tell of how Christ has impacted us. Mm. And it's a very Catholic idea that we Mm -hmm. own our story and know what our story is so that we are ready when there's an opportunity to give witness to Christ and and to what he's done in our life. So I'm interested Mm. in, I guess, your thoughts on how do people tap into their own story? Where would they start to kind of think about their story? Yeah. I mean, that's such a great question. I I feel like when I hear you say that, I think of Moses, you know, when he says to God, like, why me or send somebody else? Like you got the wrong guy. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Um, And so (laughs) I think that I, I love, I love that passage and, and just relating to that because I do think, you know, that's, like you said, like that is the story of our faith is like God using ordinary people. So I think sometimes there are people out there that have extraordinary stories that have these insane stories that are like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe that happened. And those are valid. Those are valid. And then you have the ones that are ordinary and maybe it's not super dramatic, but like that is just as worthy. And so you don't have to be ashamed of, of that and compare yourself to other people. You just start, start with where you are, you know, yes. especially if you're giving a talk or if you're starting a podcast or a business or any of those things, you don't, you have to pretend to be anything but yourself. So I think, you know, like we're talking about this idea of story and, and telling our story, but I think like you talked about 
ordinary stories, but I'm thinking about also ordinary moments, like over the back fence, I keep saying, like an ordinary moment where there's an invitation to engage with another person or an invitation to share and speak into their life. I also think for mums, like with young kids at home, often I talk to a lot of mums and they don't feel that they're using their gifts or they're like, I don't have an opportunity to share my story. But what I like to say to them is like, you have this little audience before you in your children. And Mm. even there, that storytelling, giving them a vision to buy into about life and faith and values and integrity. Like there's the art of storytelling to your family, to your kids, giving them a vision to reach for in life. And then there's the evangelization and speaking on a stage or wherever else it takes you. But I think we've always Mm. got to remember like Mother Teresa said, you know, those simple moments are so powerful and God can do so much in those simple moments with a simple story. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, I'm not a parent, but I, um, as a daughter, you know, with my mom, just like modeling her life, you know, in front yeah. of me, I, I completely agree. Like she shows me um, who, who cried. Christ is every day. I think there's seasons for everything, isn't there? And I really, mm. I think that season when, and I particularly want to speak to those mums who are at home raising kids in the trenches, because I think there's such a focus in our world on productivity and use your gifts and do this amazing thing. But the gifts that women have when they're raising their children are not wasted like the the gift Mm -hmm. of you know homemaking and storytelling in the home it's and the sacrifices that mothers make for their children can never be undervalued I think and I think in Mm -hmm. this world actually is more and more and I think that's a real tragedy when you have young mums who feel like they're not using their gift or that their time is being wasted raising their family I just really love speaking into the hearts of those women and just saying You know, if God's placed a dream in your heart for whether it's a creative dream or to start a business or to do anything really, to learn the piano, like there's seasons and and I think God places those desires there for a reason. And like your mum, he will bring that to fruition at the right time. Mm -hmm. I really, yeah, I really believe that. Mm. I remember that season of being stuck with three kids, like stuck, I say, because it was totally sleep deprived, three babies in nappies and it was a long season and a tough season but I do remember all of those things that were in my heart just were still there and they simmered away and and I used that time to I guess read and upskill in the spaces that I had to do that so that when the season came for me to step out and to be more active I was able to do that so I think you know God Mm -hmm. uses every season and yeah yes well and and I think you know, it reminds me of the passage, like delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, it's not your desires and then God, it's like align yourself in prayer with God. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, he has placed these talents and these desires in you and trusting that, like you said, he'll bring that to fruition. Yeah, absolutely. So look, we've talked about personal stories and all of that, but what I'm really interested in teasing out with you this morning is this idea of, I guess, telling a story through business and through branding and, and I guess bringing a Catholic lens to how we do that. So whether it's like a passion project or someone starting to explore their creativity, I'm just, I'm really interested in your ideas and your insights into people who are in that phase of a startup in whatever 
phase that is, what they need to do to sort of tell a story and to start to brand because it's very important to get that message right from the beginning, isn't it? Mm, Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, there's so many uh, aspects to building a brand, but I would say that like to distill it down a bit, you know, I heard someone say once, that a building a brand is what people say, like when you're not in the room. And I don't mean that in like a shady way, no, no. <laughs> but in a way of like, what is like the experience, like working with you? Part of it is, and I can get more granular, but it's showing up and doing the work and putting yourself out there and whatever that looks like for your business. And ultimately, like we were talking before, like it's building trust with your audience, offering them a service, you know? And the more that like I said before, the more that we can really figure out who it is that you're trying to serve, it's going to be easier. Like if you're ever on somebody's like Instagram grid and you're scrolling and you see a quote and you're like, oh my gosh, I needed to hear that today. Mm. To me, the chances are, and I don't mean this in a manipulative way, but the person on the other side has probably like thought about the person that they're trying to reach. So it resonates with you because it's it feels tailor-made to you. And so when you try to stop being all things to all people, you know, it it frees you up to really figure out like, where's my place in whatever market I'm in? You know what I mean? So I think another, I think another aspect to building a brand, Gary Vaynerchuk is an entrepreneur and he talks about this idea of documenting over create. Mm -hmm. And what he means by that is sometimes we get very caught up in the perfection of being this perfect brand, an online presence. And like, I really care about aesthetic and I care about like, you know, really good copy. But at the end of the day, um, sometimes you just have to hit publish. You just have to hit post, right? Like, are you holding yourself back? And so um, don't be afraid to document the process. Um, and so, cause in a couple years going back to storytelling, you can look back and see how far you've come, you know, don't be ashamed that like, like for me, like I have a at home office right now. It's not the biggest, but it's like, I love my little office. Um, and I'm not ashamed of it because I hope maybe one day Rena and I will have a space, but yeah. maybe not. And so I'm documenting, I'm documenting the process, like one for just myself, because I'm obsessed with taking pictures of everything <laughs> and all that. But two, to, to inspire hopefully my audience that like you can start where you are. Like you don't have to be like super, super fancy and have it all together to start. You have to have certain structures in place, but don't let that hold you back. For a while, like we were getting, it was really bizarre to me that before we officially like became an LLC as Storia, Rena and I were getting inquiries and we didn't even have a website yet. <laughs> That's amazing. And it was so crazy. And like, you know, I don't say that to gloat. I'm just saying like, you know, like we were in the process of creating it and buying the domain name. And like, people are like, well, I'm ready to hire you right now. And I'm wow. like, what? <laughs> I was so surprised because I value as a visual artist, like I value like sh- those structures like so much. And I do think of course a website's important, but you'd be surprised like what can happen even through direct messaging and yes. building your business that way, you know? And I think that's a trap that a lot of women do fall into. It's this perfectionism that we think we have to, whether it's like in setting up a business or what whatever sphere it is, but we often get so tied up in knots trying to get all the ducks in a row before we take Mm -hmm. the step, before we act on something. And what you're saying, and I think this is really important, is just to to step out and act, take imperfect action. Might not work, Mm -hmm. might not end up being the right path or might not be perfect, but that imperfect action is really important, I think, when it comes to starting something and to then maintaining a business as well. 
Oh my gosh. I love that. I, I just wrote that down. Take imperfect action. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's good. That's it. That's it. And if you know yeah. yourself, like for me, I, um, I'm a big picture person, mm-hmm. but if I like, like that's where my mom like comes in where she's like really good at the nitty gritty stuff. So she's like, great. Like you had an idea that you wanted to create this like de- new demo reel, Frankie, but like her and our producer, like they helped me be like, okay, like, so when are you editing that? And like, let's yeah. put it on the calendar. <laughs> what other <laughs> steps? Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. If you know yourself, like maybe you don't need that structure, but like self-awareness is really important too. like know yourself and know what you're really good at and know what you're really bad at, you know, and delegate and delegate. Absolutely. Outsource. I love that. (laughs) And and you can't do it all. Like you can't do it all and not expected to do all. So I think it's about, like you said, identifying your core skills and your core gifts and then outsourcing and, and delegating to people. I know when we started business, I had the business mentor and they said, you need to spend time working on the business, not in the business. Like if you're Mm. an entrepreneur, like you need to as quickly as possible delegate the tasks that you can to other people so that you can work on the area that is your genius zone, is your strength. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's important to, and and to me, like building a brand as well as like, you know, that's what people say when you're not in the room, but also like the ins and outs of the business, the daily life. Like it's more like... um, there's a lot of behind the scenes that people don't see. Oh, and yeah. I think I've learned over time to not put my worth, not just, uh, you know, it's easy to say, don't put your worth in if you have like a failure, right? Like that's easy to know. Cause it's yeah. like, okay, my worth is not in when I fail or a mistake I made, but also you need to be, um, mindful that your worth also isn't in your successes fully. Right. Absolutely. Like it's, like, so then, you know, your ego is kind of in check because if I get like a dream client, like inquiry, I, I really try to check myself. I'm not like over the moon and like elated because the next day when like something happens in business, that's unexpected. Like, Oh, like a reschedule or I don't know. I forgot to send an email or something. Then I'm like devastated again. Like I've just, I'm really trying to learn how to be like balanced in that. Yes. And, um, you know, ultimately, you know, your worth, your worth comes from, you know, uh, being a, a child of God, like I Absolutely. said before, you know? Yes. Yeah. And then it's knowing, I guess it's, it's being really clear on what you're being called to do, because then mm. if you're clear on your calling, then you can sustain all the ups and downs that will, you know, inevitably come because yeah. they do. And there's a lot more downs and ups <laughs> in business. Yeah, and so I think when you're really clear, and I think that's really important is just to, for people to get clear on firstly what their gifts are and their, their genius zone is and then where they're being called to serve and where they're being called to give that. And then if it is in business or if it is in a creative project, it's about, okay, what story am I being called to tell here? Like what, mm. what is it that God wants me to say? And I think always coming back to prayer as the starting point is really important. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, speaking to other people and, and getting a big whiteboard out and mapping it all out and seeing what the common themes are. I think that's really important is, is knowing, honing it in on what it is you're trying to say. What is your story that you're trying to communicate? You know, working backwards towards your goal is important too. And like, uh, allowing yourself to dream. Like, I know that sounds strange, right? Like sometimes like the other day I was, uh, brainstorming and you know, we're a small team. It's only three of us right now. Um, and I just was trying to brainstorm for story. And I was like, 
I really wish we had X, Y, Z. And then instead of being like, well, we can't because we don't have this piece of gear or we can't do this. I'm like, well, what, what if we had that? What is it going to take to get there? Even, even with building a brand, I think you have to do that. Like what is like dare to dream and let yourself imagine Now you can't just daydream all day long without doing the work, of course, but like visioning for your business absolutely is just as important. So if you have a business partner or a coach or something like big picture vision is actually really important because if you, like you said, like if you don't have vision, you know, it's just confusion and then you're just doing a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff without like a direction. In the beginning, I mean, even in our business, we first were doing photo and video only. And now we've added a service of like, you know, social media coaching. Um, and so letting, that's part of the creative process too, is like allowing yourself to like, as you try new things, maybe you realize, Oh, actually I want to turn this way and turn this corner. Oh, actually like the brand evolves as well. There was a really beautiful Instagram post, which you posted a while back and you were talking about the middle of the story, that space between where you have this grand idea and then the end point. And that middle area is, is, a, is a big chunk of it, like in a book. Mm. And you quoted Brene Brown and you said, the middle is messy, but that's where the magic happens. Yeah. And just as we're coming towards the end of our time together, I wanted to speak into that season of the middle of the story. So whether that's the middle of building a business or whether that's the middle of your story in parenting or wherever it is, because no one really likes to talk about the middle. We often talk yeah. about what was your falling in love story or engagement story or the end of somebody's life. We talk about, you know, the story of their life. But what happens when we're in the middle of that? Yes. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a time where there's, I think, you know, a lot of second guessing. There can be a lot of doubts. So I'm just wondering if you can speak into what made you post that and just your insights into the middle of our story. Mm, yeah, I mean... Oh man, I, I, I resonate with that quote so much because I think even when we look to literature and movies and, and other forms of art, you know, I think we're drawn to like Joseph Campbell talks about like the hero's journey, right? Like where our character like has a calling and then goes through a series of events of like refusal of the call and has a mentor (laughs) into the darkness and then transformation and all those things. But like the best part of any story in literature, or even, I mean, we see it in scripture too. Mm -hmm. all the things is the mess because it's relatable. We root for the character. We care Mm -hmm. about them. You know, like who wants to like, like even the wizard of Oz is my favorite movie. Um, (laughs) And It is. It's my favorite movie. But like the best part of the movie to me is not when like Dorothy goes home. Mm -hmm. It's the journey. Right. And that's, I'm so dramatic. I think it's just uh, because I'm, (laughs) you know, the visual artist in me, I'm a, I'm very dramatic, but really though, like those we're drawn to those stories in maybe our daily life. Um, and so I don't understand why sometimes we don't embrace it in our like actual lives, you know? And so I I don't know, like I, I've actually, my mom and I have talked about it. Like when we're going through hard times, we've said to each other, we're in the middle. Like, this is just the middle of the story. Like this isn't the full story. Um, and it doesn't mean like you come to some resolution and you're like, well, great, you know, (laughs) but it's just kind of that moment of like, this isn't going to be forever. And, you know, maybe this will like empower someone someday. So Hmm. I think, I think the more we can embrace the mess, like, like the better, you know? Yes. Yes, and it's that vulnerability, isn't it? Like I, mm-hmm. I know there's a Brene Brown quote that I love. It says, vulnerability is the last thing that I want you to see in me, but it's actually the first thing I look for in you. And I oh, think when yes. we 
see other people who are vulnerable, who are, you know, not letting all their dirty laundry hang out because mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't, that's not right. good either. But when we are honest and we're honest about the struggle of life, I think what it does is it gives other p- people permission to show mm. their true selves as well. When we get real about the mess in our own lives and obviously sharing that with the right people in the right context who we trust, yeah. then, mm. yeah, I think that's really, really important and it's a very valuable lesson. I remember when we were first married, like our first couple of months, we, Jonathan and I are quite strong people, so we hit heads mm. a little bit in the first couple of months. <laughs> and I remember being at a New Year's Eve party and there was a couple there and they were just sharing about a fight they'd had and we were, I was really stunned because they just seemed like the most perfect couple <sighs> and she's like are you kidding I spent the whole si- first six months of my marriage crying in the bathtub wondering if I made a mistake <laughs> and I was like wow like yeah. you know so much of the time and I think this is so true in marriage sometimes business but in the faith journey mm-hmm. sometimes we put up this facade that we have it all together but like that example of that mm. sharing about crying in the bath, like what she did was disarmed everybody else to realise, oh, actually having an argument or, you know, settling into marriage is not a sign that there's something wrong. It's just real. It's part of the journey. And yes. so, yeah, I think that vulnerability in the middle of the story is very powerful. Yeah, like let the guard yeah. come down and yeah, it's a gift absolutely. and it's beautiful. Like nobody, um, you're quoting Brene Brown. I love Brene Brown. I love all her books. Oh my gosh. I, that's going to be another <laughs> podcast. Like, <laughs> yeah, true. But, um, but um, she talks about like after someone shares vulnerably, we don't think, oh my gosh, like who's that person think they are? Like mm-hmm. usually we think that person is really brave. brave. And yep. so if we could just apply that to ourselves, how would we, we would view a friend doing that? Um, you know, we just got to give ourselves a little more compassion as well. Mm. Yeah, true. Very true. And I think, you know, applying that to, I guess, business creative space as well, like stepping out and being vulnerable and We've just done a podcast last week on the link between vulnerability and creativity. Like it Mm. takes enormous courage to put yourself out there and to tell your story, whether it's in business or privately. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Frankie, look, we're coming to the end of our time together, but I wanted to throw out to you a couple of scenarios and I just want you to give me whatever jumps into your head first, just to the different scenarios for different women that I've come across over the years. And I'm really interested in your insight. So the first one is say a woman dreams of starting something, whether it's a blog or a business, but she doesn't think she has anything to offer. What would you say to her? First of all, I mean, I relate to this woman, (laughs) Um, Yes, you know, the the insecurity of, of feeling like you don't have anything to offer. And what I would say is, this is something my mom has taught me, but you know, your brain, your brain doesn't know the difference between what is, what is really happening and like what you're telling it. So um, if you say like, oh, I have nothing to offer and oh, I stink at X, Y, Z over and over to yourself after a while, like you, you do start to believe it, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say, you know, get practical. Like if you want to start a blog or a business, like put yourself on a deadline, like what are like, and break it down. Like what are the steps that you have to take to get there? You know what I mean? Like figuring out a website, finding a lawyer, um, what kind of content are you going to make all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But then, and, and really just like feel the resistance and, and do it anyways, you know? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Second scenario. Uh, a beautiful woman has just started an Etsy store. She loves to create, but she can't get any sales. 
what could she do? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love following creatives who sell like actual, like, like products, you know, and and especially on Etsy, I'm all about that life. So I would say on, on social media, you can't just like only sell, right? I don't think selling is bad. So just kind of balance it out with value. So uh, when I say value, I mean like tutorials, um, inspiration, even behind the scenes of like why you do what you do. Right. And then when you pair value with sale, your audience, uh, like won't feel so like jarred, like when you go to like make an ask. And Mm -hmm. so what, I, I mean, I used to do this myself and this is, I've, 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 we've shifted to the more story, uh, storytelling style of, of marketing, right? The more you tell your story, um, the more, you know, people relate to that. And so I would want to know for this person and their Etsy store, like what inspired them to start their business? Um, what, what was it like when they sold their first product? Like, because when I buy a product, like I love, especially from a local maker, like I love to like know the story behind it as opposed to like, oh, I could get that online at like Amazon or something. You know what I mean? So that's a good answer. All right. Third one. Someone's been at the business of business for a couple of years and they're feeling really stale. What advice would you give them? Mm, I would say, and, and I speak from a place of, you know, this is something my mom and I did this year is we invested back in our business. So we're feeling like, we know we're on to something, but we need to figure some things out. So we invested in a coach. That was just such a great experience because, uh, you know, someone else was able to like speak in yes. to our business who was in the industry. So mm-hmm. like, don't be afraid to invest back in your business. And I would also say, you know, through coaching, we learned the importance of delegating out. So if you're feeling stale, yes. is it you're feeling stale because you're overwhelmed by like, you're wearing so many hats. Is there a hat you could like delegate to somebody else? Even if it's a virtual assistant, like it doesn't have to be this huge thing yes. either. Um, figure out what you're really good at and give the other thing, even if it's just one to, to someone else, but you have to coach them on yes. how to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. And the last one is a mum has had a passion project for years. It's been a little bit of fun, a creative outlet, but now she's wanting to take it to the next level. And the dream of taking it to the next level totally freaks her out and she doesn't know where to start. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like my, my gut reaction is saying, are you afraid of succeeding? Like, is it, are you afraid of failing? But sometimes we can be afraid of what if I actually like do this and it it is actually good, (laughs) right? Because everything changes, you know? And so don't be afraid of, of that. Like I said, you know, feel the resistance, do it anyways. Like, I mean, I'm speaking all these people. I know I'm not a mom or I'm not like in these categories, but I like feel like I'm a a woman in each of these scenarios. And I'm like, I got to get out of my own way. You know what I mean? And again, Again, you might be robbing someone of your gift if if you don't, because the thing you have to offer can can serve someone. And really believe that you have you have to believe in what you're selling. Like I, I think there was a time when it came to like client meetings and just like the sales side of business in general that I'm I was really bad at. And, and I think it was because my attitude was like they're probably not going to like this. And I'm like going into a meeting being like they're probably going to say no, right? And yes. who wants to like invest in someone that doesn't believe in their product? And now I don't mean just be like, "Well, I'm the best," and like pump yourself up, but really think about like what the thing that you do like does and how it serves people. And the more that you can own that, like we've been talking about owning our stories, the the yeah. easier it'll be. So, yeah. you got to believe in in what you're offering. 
It's kind of like that quote, like speak up even if your voice shakes, because even the thing you might be offering, maybe it's like you're, you want to do more public speaking or other things like that. Like you have to do it even when you're scared. And after a while, it gets easier and easier. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there was one thing I said I would never do with my life. I would never do public speaking. And (sighs) so it's actually like, I speak quite a bit, but it's the irony of it. I mean, I was the kid at school who would never, I would be terrified if anyone, any teacher would get me to put my hand up or read out loud or, you know, I hated drama, all of those things. And I just found the irony of how God called me into <laughs> speaking and to working with teenagers because that's another thing I said I'd never do. Amazing. But it, I think he does. I read this quote during a season where I felt the Lord was really pushing me into and asking me to speak more, but I was really nervous and I d- didn't think I was very good. And there was a quote from Abraham Lincoln and it said, I will study and prepare myself and perhaps my time will come. And I think it's really about using each season wisely, like Mm. using each season wisely and leaning into the season and and learning all that you can in that season. Mm. Yes. Oh my gosh. Amen. That's, that's it. And I love that idea of season because even in my own story, like maybe God calls you to something for a season and changing doesn't mean that something's bad or wrong. It's just like a pivot, you know, and you know, there's big picture discernment and then there's like the micro little discernments that we have to make too. So yeah. Oh my gosh. That's a good word. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Frankie. I just love her energy and her passion and she makes me want to go out and do more. If you'd like to check out her Insta page, you can find her on storia.studio, S-T-O-R-I-A dot studio. She's got some great posts and advice on social media if you're interested. If you like what you've heard on the podcast, please share the link with your friends and leave a review on the podcast platform. This helps to get the word out there. Next week, we will be joined by one of my favorite human beings, Trish McCarthy. So until then, have a beautiful week and God bless you.